Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. Samuel Leach. Yoshinaga. Dylan Woods. Been a busy week in the NBA, but we'll try and cover as much as we can. A uh, new episode of Coast to Coast with uh, Hannah Yoshinaga and uh, Dylan Woods. Um, I think the biggest news of the week, obviously, is what happened yesterday is uh, James Harden going to Brooklyn. What are your guys' uh, thoughts on that to start? All right. So first of all, first of all, it was surprising just with the with the Pacers and Cavaliers involved. And I think with this whole James Harden saga, none of those teams even came close to being involved. And then all of a sudden, you have this. So before the the trade even happened, it was the Sixers who looked like, or it was like the Sixers and the Nets are kind of having a bidding war, maybe of sorts. And at least those are the two teams that were that were going to be either the two. And then all of a sudden, you have this Oladipo factor. You have the Levert factor, you have the Jared Allen factor, which obviously is not as big as the Harden to the Nets or like the Rockets getting all those first round picks, but it's still pretty big. So just a lot to think about, but just now now that it's been almost like almost a day since the trade happened, um, I still not that much resolved what I think about it. It's just a lot to process. I, I, I want to see how these teams look, specifically the Nets and the Rockets with Wall and Oladipo. And now the big three, like who even knows when Kyrie's going to be back, but it was definitely, it's still sinking in for me. Um, I, so I have a couple different opinions of how this goes down. Obviously the big thing here is Brooklyn. Um, I think this does make them more of a finals favor than they were already going to be, especially considering that Kyrie's been a big flake the last couple of days. Um, so this gives them kind of a backup option. Although I think that's kind of, also, maybe not a great thing in the sense that they have absolutely no defense now. I saw a tweet about this yesterday that I thought was making Brown, a good point, Bruce saying Brown. they're going to score 160 every night and give up 159. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, and I mean, their best defender on that team right now is the guy who's coming off an Achilles tear in surgery. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and I think it's in terms of those picks they gave up, if you just look at the list of picks and how far they extend into the future – I think they made it much more difficult for themselves to ever make any trades to acquire another big player because at best those picks that um, they could trade now are going to be like late, like me, like late rounders. And you, you generally have to have control over your draft picks. I think if you want to be able to swing big trades, which is why they were able to make this James Harden one. So I think they're pretty much in like win in the next two years mode because they're not going to be able to make a trade for anyone in like four or five years. Um, yeah terms of the Rockets they, they got a, obviously a really good selection of draft picks which they haven't had in a long time and that's good I mean they are taking a risk on Oladipo but I'm not really sure it would have, it wouldn't have been any less of a risk to take like to see like take like Kyrie for example in this trade so if he can get back to that all-star level and play at the level he's been playing at so far I think they still have a shot at that seventh or eighth seed even though they weren't really looking like that a couple of weeks ago um the Cavs kind of confusing that they wanted Allen because they already have like a million centers on that team. But I think as Sam pointed out yesterday, that just allows them to trade Drummond or whoever, or JaVale McGee to a contender, potentially get compensation back for that. And then I think for the Pacers, I like that, that deal. Cause clearly Oladipo wasn't going to be staying there. 
it didn't seem like a good fit after some comments he had made and just some rumors circulating around last summer around the bubble. So I think it's better for them just to start over. And Karras is obviously a really good starting caliber player who's going to have a lot more room to grow when he's not backing up Kyrie or KD. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you guys think that the Rockets made the right deal? Because the other deal on the table, I believe, was Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel. And was there any picks that, that they got released from that deal? Because may have been one or two, but definitely yeah, not eight. Obviously, for the, for Houston, the decision was between do we take the best player we can get in Ben Simmons, or do we take like potentially seven chances at a first round pick with the Nets? So I think for them, they're, they're kind of playing playing like they want more shots at like picking their own guys than getting Simmons. But still, like passing up Ben Simmons in a trade for James Harden, who clearly did not want to be there. Clearly, if, if I mean, in a, in a dream world where he would have stayed on Houston the rest of the season, he would have tanked their chances of doing anything, just from his poor attitude. So getting Simmons would have been nice. But uh, I think getting Oladipo instead and the picks, um, I guess, I think Oladipo, it's not, I don't think Oladipo is some long-term thing for them because he, he only has one or two years left. He already said he still wants to go to Miami. Yeah, which is crazy, that, crazy that he's that he's saying that, like when he's still on a NBA team right now. But it isn't like he's Giannis or something, like coming up for a big free agency. Even though Oladipo has looked good this season, but uh, yeah, for Houston, I think it's all about getting that huge load of first round picks so that they have tools or pieces to do things in the future. Like I don't think it was about Oladipo, but if it was about Simmons, uh, then you can start to build a team around somebody. But Houston is kind of in the OKC mode right now where no one on their roster is safe right now for getting moved again or staying there long term. It's just going to be how, how they shape this bundle of, of first rounders and just end whatever they want to create for the next five, six years after this. Yeah, and I think they've got something good going on in Houston and that there's a lot of players on there kind of looking to prove themselves like Christian Wood was stuck in Detroit for however many years. He's looking for a bigger role, got that big contract. You have like Boogie Cousins, John Wall, Oladipo coming off injuries, looking to show that they can still be really good NBA caliber players. So I think just having that motivation and then not having someone sink you down like Harden is good. And then you were like you were saying um, that no one is really safe. So I think they're all kind of playing for their chance with like not not even just with the team but kind of within the NBA as a whole to either stay there and make that team competitive um or just get to another team. I mean, I don't think Oladipo is going to get to Miami partially because of him, partially because I just don't think they would have the cap space to work that out if they want to sign all their own players and keep them. But they have yeah. a couple deals to flip, but I are a couple of contracts to flip, but I don't know what valuable piece the Heat could trade for the Pacers that they would want to trade. Yeah, plus I just like think I, I don't think Oladipo is just not good enough to say I want to go to Miami and force his way there. Like I think he yeah. thinks he's a lot better than he actually is right now. Because when you come off and like in like a serious injury and don't play for a really long time, and then he comes back in the playoffs and, and like in part of the regular season, it doesn't doesn't really look that good. And then he kind of has a reputation for not having the best attitude anyway, because he was saying like, oh, I don't want to be the team, but now I don't want to. Like mm-hmm. that's not really going to make you a piece that teams have to have. I think part of what's interesting about this deal is that it opens up a lot of different possibilities. So for one, Oladipo, he 
the regular season in the bubble, I think, can be kind of excused just because no one really knew how that would go, and he was still trying to readjust. But he's looking healthy. He's he's not looking like the player he did back in 2018, but it but the Rockets will give him a lot more opportunities to prove that. And if he does, then he could become a, a much more valuable piece to either be traded or go in the, the offseason to another team. I think that um, Andre Drummond, as you said before, because the Cavs got this uh, really good center, Jared Allen, who's a lot closer to their timeline with uh, Sexland and Osman and not Osmond, um, who was I going to say? Um, Okoro and Porter and all those guys, they have a younger core that they can work with and develop now. And Drummond and Love really don't help that. They are more win-now players who are proving some value and can be traded for picks or another young player to build a better core. And I feel like it's sort of a, a floodgates have opened kind of situation with Ben Simmons in that now, one, he knows that he was available. So I'm sure he's going to try and either play as hard as he can so he can stay or try and just leave. And two, I mean, if he's available for James Harden throughout his contract, he's going to be available when the next big player comes up, like a Bradley Beal suddenly becomes available. If I was the Sixers, I would consider trading Ben Simmons for him because Joel Embiid right now is in top three MVP candidate um, 15 games into the season. And I know it's still 15 games into the season, but that's still something we're very happy about. And if they have a full healthy roster and you add Bradley Beal to that, and you get rid of Ben Simmons, that's going to be quite something. So do you guys think right now that – how would you describe Philly, like the Daryl Morey's mindset right now? Like, like, Do you think he's upset that he didn't get Harden? Or do you think he's kind of like – I mean, I, I think it has to be at least – if only a little bit negative or just like in a, in a bad mood because obviously they wanted hard and they were willing to give up Simmons. And now they're kind of, because it seemed like Maury was ready to break up Simmons and Embiid yesterday. I mean, I actually See, had kind of a different interpretation of it because I feel like you want to hang on to Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibault. Those are going to be really solid role players going forward. And Ben Simmons, it might end up being a better player than Embiid. Because we don't, we really don't know. I mean, I feel like that t- trading away all those players for like two years of Harden is a big risk. And I just, and I, it was, it, we, it was made known that those were the players that Houston wanted, potentially like picks on top of that. We don't really know about that. So it was known they wanted, they asked for it. And they didn't, and like, considering they didn't make the deal, they must not have been offered that from the Sixers. Because if it's between that and like four picks from the Nets, who do you think you're going to – which one are you going to take? You're probably going to take the ones that are going to allow you to win for, like, the next four or five years, which are those role players in Ben Simmons. So I think he must have just not been willing to give up that much, and I don't necessarily blame him for that. Because I think it is smarter just to hold on to what you have because it looks like they've already got potentially a top-two team in the East. Yeah. And also, there's there's got to be – he's got to get some, uh, get some credit for – one, he's put together a roster that's, what, second in the league, even with all of the COVID stuff and injuries that have been happening. And two, I mean, he has a young team that works. And to trade it for someone who, I'm sorry, this this James Harden start of the season is one of the worst performances slash trying to get out of a team that I've ever seen and maybe the worst the NBA has ever seen. It's just, it's awful. I've watched some of his games and he just... 
is not trying and the Rockets are completely done with him and he's been an ass. And that's an issue that you got to think about. I mean, this isn't a close and shut deal with the Nets. We don't know how it's going to work because he's, when he's motivated, he's a top six, seven, eight player in the league. He's one of the best scorers in the league, but he's had a really bad start to the season. Yeah, and what kind of bugs me about on top of all this is that he still got to go where he wanted to go the whole time. Like, he acted like that, acted so terrible, acted like a potty mouth brat, and he still got to go exactly where he wanted to go with KD and Kyrie. Like It sets an awful precedent. The NBA is, like, it keeps going further and further with Kawhi, then Jimmy Butler, then Anthony Davis, and now this is the worst example, yet they're still going exactly where they want to go. At a certain point, Adam Silver needs to stop being the player's friends and starts and starts need to he needs to start being more of a commissioner than a friend because there's a certain point where all of this movement is going to hurt the league and especially with a situation like this where you are uh, a team that we we've talked about James Harden on the Rockets a lot but he has given them all he has but they have also done pretty much anything you wanted for the past eight years and he's still treating them like this, the fact that that's happening, and he still got to go where he wanted, as you said, is just absurd. Yeah, because there was that article that came out on ESPN a couple months ago just talking about what a hold he had on the organization. And I think that's really unprecedented, just the fact that it happened and the fact that people are so publicly talking about it. Like, clearly, a lot of people feel this is an issue. I think you're right that if Silver, Silver's going to have to step in here pretty quickly, because I don't... I, I can't. I can't even really think of a worse example of this than what happened with Harden. And I, but I'm sure it, it it will happen in the next one to two seasons. Some will. Someone will find a way to pitch a bigger fit than this, and create like some like a bigger issue in the league that distracts from actually playing the game. And that's that can't happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if James Harden can get away with this, then I just. I honestly am going to be rooting against them. Like, it's going to be a really fun team to watch. I'll probably watch almost all their games now. I mean, I've been watching every Celtics-Knicks-Warriors game because they're either teams I root for or the most fun teams to watch. But this Nets team is going to be a fascinating watch because we've never seen a team with three players with this much usage, and they're all just three-level scorers. One of the issues with Westbrook and Harden last year wasn't that they were both at a high usage. It was that they weren't players who could play off of each other. They um, Westbrook is he's an elite player, but he's a limited offensive player because he doesn't have that third level. He doesn't have the outside. His mid-range isn't as, as good as it used to be. But Kyrie, KD, and James Harden are three of the best three-level scorers in the game, like top 10, top five. And I don't think that's ever happened in NBA history. So it'll be really easy, uh, entertaining to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's something I am a little concerned about with that Nets team, though, in addition to not really having any good defensive players on there. The problem is, is that one of the things that made them good to start the season before Kyrie just started ditching them was that they, sh- they were able to somehow still share the ball while having KD and Kyrie on the floor at once. A lot of players were getting shots, scoring points, that's why we had we saw some pretty good point totals from like Joe Harris or Karis or even Spencer Dinwiddie to some extent before he was injured, even though he got off to kind of a slow start. When you have Harden dribbling for like 24 seconds, or meaning like 22 seconds, that's not really, that's going to slow down your offense so much and take away like the asset that was making it good to begin with. 
I mean, we I need to see if James Harden plays how he did in OKC, but with his updated skills now. Like, if it's OKC James Harden on this team with how good he was, well, how good he is now, I, okay, they're, they're going to win. Like, they, they are probably going to win the finals. I'm sorry. But if you always have a player that, that that's that elite out there and they can play off each other, because you're right, they um, Kyrie and KD, it looked like they could just play off each other and it worked. But James Harden, I don't know if he knows how to do that. That's the issue. Yeah, he's been doing whatever he wanted in Houston for like eight years. It's kind of hard to just be like, oh, I'm going to go back to being the kind of player I was like nine or ten years ago in OKC. I mean, that, that's, that's, really, that's really difficult. And I just – I still think he thinks so highly of himself that it's just – it's going to be hard for someone to tell him, like, cool it. You're not, you're not like the number one guy on this team. That's mm. KD. I'm going to say right now, I think the Nets would have been better off if they traded for Drew Holiday over yeah. uh, over the offseason. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. I think they may potentially have even been better if they traded for someone like Victor Oladipo, because then there would have been less issues with this, it, um, less issues with the chemistry, less issues with the offensive flow. Um, there would have been a defensive player on the starting lineup to, uh, who can be DeAndre Jordan is not really a defensive plus anymore. Kevin Durant is really the only defensive plus. And if you just put all the defense, like he's going to be guarding. Okay. If they make it to the finals, who's he going to be guarding? He's going to be guarding LeBron James or Anthony Davis after having to guard Giannis, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, um, Ben Simmons, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, probably like all these different elite wings or big men that he, he has the main job of guarding. I just don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, and I was thinking, let's just say theoretically the Lakers and the Nets do meet in the finals, and that actually was my preseason prediction. Let's just say, like, KD like, somehow, like, bodies LeBron and, like, stops him from being a shooter. He's just going to pass it to everybody else and on other teams that they can't guard. Like, if he, he could probably find even, I don't know, like, like Kuzma or Schroeder or whoever for a relatively open shot. Don't tell me, like, Jeff Green is going to chase him down like cross court and stop the shot. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's not going to happen. But, like, I've, uh, I've watched, like, half the Lakers game at this point just because my dad's always watching them. They, they're toying with the league. They, they haven't even figured out their rotations yet. Anthony yeah. Davis isn't even really trying. And they're still easily the best record in the league. They just are top to bottom so much more talented than everyone else. And the Nets have the 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 big three in the league they have the the best big three top to bottom but i mean it's debatable if any player on their team is better than the two players on the lakers and i know that's kind of a hot take and that's up for discussion but i mean kevin durant and james harden it's a debate if they're better than anthony davis now it's not a certainty yeah no, i had i had anthony davis and lebron ahead of them when i ranked players just prior to the start of the season and i mean as talented as harden is and as well as KD has been playing in his return, I don't – yeah, I think you're right. I think there definitely is a debate whether or not they're better than Anthony Davis. I think certainly Anthony Davis and LeBron James's skill sets play off each other well. I mm, think the exactly. whole – like, especially when you think about the three net stars, I mean, KD's kind of different because he's a forward and he's, like, bigger. But Harden and Kyrie, I don't think that's going to play off each other well at all. 
So, I mean, I think part of, part of building a good team is having stars with complementary skill sets, which is why like in spite of Simmons and Embiid, like, let me, let me reword that. Simmons and Embiid's skill sets don't play off of each other well. So they're both very like plus players by themselves, but together they're not good. That's why we are saying like, if they could swap Harden and Simmons, those skill sets would play off mm-hmm. each other much better. So I think some, I think it's not just about like, let's get the big names on the roster. And like the Rockets last season too, another good example, just putting big names and like good players together by themselves doesn't really work necessarily. Yeah. And, and just the team around them also doesn't really fit. They had this sort of, I think they've gotten rid of a lot of players that made them the sort of up and coming young um, fun team that they were back in 2018, but they've, they've lost a lot of that identity. And I think um, especially with Jared Allen, he was, Outside of, uh, no, he was probably their best young player because everyone says Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is 26 years old. I'm sorry, he's only two years younger than Victor Oladipo. He's not going to improve that much more. Yes, he came into the league later, but I, it's the same thing with Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is so much older than people think he is. that they People just like um, expect him to be this young guy who's going to improve a lot more and maybe be an all-star, but they're going to be solid third fourth option solid role players but i i don't see i don't see jared allen or karis lavert um by themselves helping another team but they really helped the identity of the nets and i think they lost a lot of that yeah although i will say just giving up good the good players who've defined your team for a while isn't necessarily bad so i think the lakers they had those same couple of players for a while kuzma ingram josh hart whoever and they, then they traded them to the Pelicans. And I don't really think that damaged their team that much. But I think – be, but I'm not sure if that's really – that would really be common. I think that, that is the exception to the rule. I mean, it's, uh, it's not impossible. The Nets could still be good. But I think you make a really good point that they don't look anything like they did one or two years ago. And everyone's like, wow, this is going to be a really – it's going to be a really – a force in the East when you take all these young players you've developed and you add stars to it They don't because they don't have that anymore. Although I gotta say I do really feel bad for Jared Allen though, because he went from being a pretty key role player on a championship contender team who was about to get a bag in the offseason, and now he's pretty in like a lottery team. <laughs> it's like that meme where it's like the uh, the really nice car in the in the garage of like the really uh, broken down house. That's that's Jared yeah. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> you guys think Jared Allen's that good? I mean, no. But I think I think he's I mean, I think he if not is, probably will be at some point soon a top ten center in the league, maybe higher. I think he's a really effective center who plays his role well, protects the rim and late level and just finishes very well. And he could um improve to more. I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of him personally. Yeah, and I think he was he was playing the best he could in the role he was given on that team. Like he was able to play more minutes than DeAndre, despite not being a starter. He still had a good attitude about it. Like you said, Sam played kind of like a top, like one of the better centers in the league, and it will probably continue to get there. So I mean, it also it's, makes it's, me sad because I um I always um my trick to going to a basketball games cheap was uh going to Nets games because they were always cheaper than Knicks tickets. So I got to see all all these teams play because they would play the Nets. Mm-hmm. So one, now the ticket prices will be much higher. And two, all the players that I watched over the past couple of years, Dinwiddie, Levert, um, Allen are now just sort of gone. Kruitz, just never again, we'll see. I know. And then, and then a Brooklyn well, uniform. 
he i think he's kind of a, a bad person so I, i'm okay with him being gone okay yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, he got banished to cleveland now so he'll be no i think he's in houston right yeah he's in houston now no, it would have been nice to be getting on to cleveland so yeah but, any um any final thoughts on the nets in general I, I don't think they're going to make the finals. I don't know if you guys covered this yet, but I still think uh, probably Celtics or even Milwaukee I'd put over Brooklyn. You, you have I mean, them over the Sixers? Yeah, I think I think Philly had a nice start, but it's not going to be anything crazy. I, I kind of agree with Dylan in that I feel like the the Sixers, once they hit the playoffs, they're going to kind of run into a wall. Because I don't think they're going to be able to adapt as much. Because they're unless Embiid can really carry them, and the yeah, shooter, we'll see. But he, and he the hasn't done it yet. So. Exactly, and I'm not trusting Danny Green to stay consistent throughout the playoff run. And and Seth Curry and to, keep, to keep shooting sixty percent from three like he has this season so far. Yeah, I trust Seth Curry in the playoffs, but I don't really trust the rest of that team around Embiid. I think they're going to be a very good regular season team, but. I agree with Dylan that it's going to be probably between Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. That's going to be some awesome series if that's the case. 100%. I think Brooklyn has some uh, – they need to sign some defensive players, and I don't think their roster is completely done yet. And, and Brooklyn needs to sign players in general because I think they just, they just shelled out five guys and got back one. They so have now, three open roster spots. Yeah. Dinwiddie's out for the year. So that doesn't help. So, so yeah, like Brooklyn, I don't think Brooklyn is lacks as much depth as people are, are, are clamoring about after the trade. Like Jeff Green is still solid. Joe Joe Harris, if he's your fourth best guy, you have a really good team. Uh, DeAndre Jordan could be a problem, just not that great anymore. But uh, I don't know, like like Bruce Brown isn't that bad. He, he's been playing well. I, I told you he was, he was going to be important. You guys completely ignored me before the season. Totally called that. And uh, I think that's it. But and then, like, who is not going to want to like sign one of those like veteran contracts, getting cut, and then go join the Nets to help them out? Like, I don't know who it would be, but like, like, like Andre Iguodala last year. Keith Morris. If that was yeah. this year, it would have been. Maybe he would. He probably would have wanted to go to Brooklyn or something like that. I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. He should have, or he definitely would have. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how it uh, ends up, but. Um... Final, uh, I don't know if you guys want to touch on anything else outside of the Harden trade, but I was, uh, I just wanted to touch on the Warriors quickly because I've been watching a lot of the Warriors games. Sure. And they look very good. I know they're not like a top three seed or whatever, but they could for be. what we, yeah, they could be. And um, Curry looks awesome as we knew he would. Um, Wiggins is learning the system more and more. And as, um, as uh, our uh, boss, Ethan, uh, predicted, um, he is uh, proving to be a semi-elite two-way player. His defense has been really good, which is yeah, unexpected. I think Wiggins, Wiggins is top five in the league in blocks. Yeah, yeah. And all I the rest are big it. men. Yeah, he's been shutting down um, Pascal Siakam on, like, game-closing plays, but it, it's, Pas- well, it's Pascal yes, Siakam. It's Pascal. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's not much, but it's still, it it's still something. You guys, you guys, finally gonna join me on on the Nick Nurse sucks train? No, they were just talking two about that right now. <laughs> two and eight? Are you serious? With 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 the talent he has, two and eight? I don't know. 
could, probably a fluke. Him and Doug Peterson are the Eagles' biggest flukes to win a title in this, this half of the 20th century, 21st century. Back to the Warriors, because I haven't watched enough Raptors to really talk about it well enough. Me neither, but um, I'm still gonna. <laughs> with Draymond back, that team looks completely different. Wiseman looks awesome, and he's only played like 10 professional basketball games in, in his life. And they are adding Klay Thompson next year. And we keep forgetting, they have Minnesota's pick from that D'Angelo Russell draft. And Minnesota has this the third year. worst. Yeah, First round pick, that's, that's, that's crazy, yeah. Minnesota's yeah. going to suck again. Yeah, they they are three and eight right now. They're the worst team in the West, Minnesota. And only I think probably second worst. Well, Toronto's worse than them. Got to suck. Toronto and Detroit are worse. Yeah, and they're tied with Washington. But that's insane because this draft is crazy. Add a guy yeah. from this draft, and then suddenly you have Curry, Clay, and Draymond, James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, uh, a top pick from this next draft, which is loaded. Then Ubre and whoever else you can get off the bench. Ubre is looking better, still not very good, but you know. But having Wiseman and a top pick in this draft going forward for the future is just crazy GMing by um, the Warriors. Like okay. I, I just, I just think it deserves a nod. Honestly. I just thought of something. What, if you were the Warriors or the Wizards, would you trade Ubre, Wiseman, and maybe that pick next year for Beal? No. I don't think they would take that for Beal. No. Wiseman? Wiseman is, is he, like a... He, Wiseman is the only really good thing about that. I Wiseman don't want Kelly Oubre if I'm them. Wiseman Wait, and The and Wizards Minnesota's wouldn't pick. take that? If I was the Wizards, I would take that in a second. Yeah, Wiseman and Minnesota's pick and Oubre for, for Beal. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think Golden State has, has no reason to do like, a, all win, all, like an all-in move right now, but... They, they shouldn't. I mean, Curry and be on the same team and uh, that, and play next year, that would be awesome. It would be awesome, but you're also just completely <laughs> sacrificing your future. And I think that's the main thing is that they, they're they big on James Wiseman and they want to yeah, stay in contention for a long time. They don't want to yeah. do this rebuilding thing. Yeah, it, it would be fun for like the next couple of seasons, but it'd make no sense to give away Wiseman and the next pick when like it isn't like mm-hmm. Curry's 26, he's, he's 32. I mean, if you can, yeah, if you can get like an Evan Mobley or a Cade Cunningham on this team next year, that would be just bonkers. And they would be so good. I, if I was the Wizards, I would take that. But I, I, you don't need a Bradley Beal. Well, I think if you're the Warriors, I would keep Wiseman, but I would definitely consider flipping that third pick because how many more young guys do you need? Like, yeah, Curry, Thompson, and Green isn't like they're, they're all on rookie contracts, but. I mean, do you want to They're add all another, north of 30. Do you want to add another rookie? I mean, LeBron's still playing yes. at, LeBron's still playing at an, at an elite level, but he's like 46. Tom Brady's still doing it. Drew Brees, but not, not a good example. But like, Yeah, but these Curry, guys Curry, don't have Curry, LeBron's Curry, 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 body. Curry could do this for another five years. Small guard. And I love Curry. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But he's he's going to be an elite player. But he... he I don't think he can be finals MVP level at 36 like LeBron can. He doesn't have the body for that. He gets he gets bullied too much. I think the Warriors would be foolish to trade that pick unless they were getting some real player for it. And I think it has to be a player that fits because with that pick, you are ensuring that you have a bright future with James Wiseman and whoever you get with that pick. Yeah. That, that guy doesn't need to win rookie of the year and get 30 minutes a game straight up. They need to like Wiseman, play with the system, develop, learn how to play well, and then suddenly you have a good young core going forward well, that you can you know, seamlessly transition into. 
Wiggins. How many teams get guy. this opportunity? Wiggins is only what, like twenty-four. I know he's older than that, but but I mean, he was a one and done. He was a one and done. So I think he's probably like twenty-five right now. He's twenty-five, but he's almost twenty-six. Like he's okay. Two weeks away from being twenty-six. All right. Well, yeah, because after Wiggins and Wiseman, all their guys are are like thirty years old. So exactly. I I think next year they're going to be awesome, and this year they're just really fun. Yeah, they, yeah, they, Warriors are awesome. Also, I wanted to ask you guys about two teams that I have barely watched because I, I go to bed at a reasonable hour. I know Sam does not, and Hannah's on the West Coast. So what have you guys liked from the or seen from the Blazers and the Lakers? Because I've barely got to watch them all season. Hannah, <clears throat> um, you don't, want to talk about the Lakers? Yeah, sure. I don't think the Lakers are trying for like 80% of the game, and they're still – and then they just – in the fourth quarter, they decide it's just time to stop messing around – and then they they don't even look like they're trying that hard either. But they just they take over and then they win. It's they're they, so they, good. They, they are the deepest team in the league. I'm not even really sure how you improve the team. Their defense hasn't looked good, and it's still been enough to get them wins. Some pretty handy ones the last couple of days. After eighty told them they told them they actually need to try like five percent pretty much. Um, I don't know. I don't think I don't see a team in the league that's obviously better than them. They really don't. If they when they turn it on for an extended period of time. There's not a better team than that. Yeah, and it's not even like the Clippers where they're not trying in the regular season, but also the moment they face adversity in the regular season, they're like, ah, we, we fold. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shutting teams down. They're elite in a way that I didn't expect. Uh, LeBron is an MVP candidate, and Anthony Davis is a defensive player of the year candidate. He probably should win. They're leading, uh, like Anna said, the deepest and uh, the deepest and probably best team in the league. They're insane offensively because the moment you take LeBron off the floor, you have a Dennis Schroeder, Anthony Davis pick and roll, or you have a Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell pick and roll. And just elite, if not good shooters all around. It's insane team building. And I just don't see any team beating them, honestly. Well, yeah, also, I will I wanna... say right now, first, who is the best record in the West? Like, is who's the best record in the East Celtics? That'd be awesome. I just want to it add, I think, I think the basketball IQ of the Lakers is really high as well. I guess not getting mentioned, but add, I mean, adding Marquez all made a big difference there. And I think so, having basketball, have good basketball IQ in the finals, huge, huge difference. Like you look at a team like so Philly. It's fun to watch Dwight Howard. Yeah. Like the Philly, players on the team I respect, but their basketball IQ is a little bit low. And that's like one reason why I don't think a lot of people are pointing them as like immediate finals contender. I mean, I was, but now that you guys made that argument earlier, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you look at like other teams in the league, basketball IQ is like, can push you over the top. So we'll see. And I think, Oh, the Suns they have better basketball IQ now too. And that made a difference. So the Suns are awesome, but the trailblazers. Yeah. As you brought up they're they're a fun team. Um, their, their backcourt is, playing at another level dame is i mean dame's peak was probably in the bubble honestly but he's still playing at an elite level um cj mccollum might be might have taken a leap he is just absurd he's, he's, he's only bradley bale has scored more points this season i know it's absurd how well he's playing i think the issue is that nurkic is not at the level that he was before he's not an elite center he's a good center but he's not as defensively um, gifted as he was before, and I don't really know what changed. They might just be 
I think there's um, personal stuff that, and uh, I think he's he maybe just has not fully recovered from his injury. Um, Robert Covington has been solid, but he's still acclimating to the team. Their issue is they play, they drafted or they signed all these defensive players or some defensive players. They don't really play them at the end of games. They choose to play Carmelo Anthony at the end of the game a lot, and they play Enos Cantor too much, and especially them together, so their defense isn't strong enough. And they also just didn't get a guy for their biggest weakness, which was a backup point guard. Anthony Simons, he had some flashes last year, but he has not been good this year at all. And they have had an elite offense. They're fourth in the league in offensive rating, but they're 24th in offensive rating. Their their defense is just not good enough right now to really contend. But they're fun. Yeah, just some numbers to, to back up what you're saying. They gave up 126 points to the Kings yesterday. The day, um, on Monday, they gave up 111 to the Raptors and only won by one point. A couple weeks ago, gave up 117 to the Timberwolves when they didn't have Cat. I mean, those are just those those numbers are not yeah. are not standouts. Minnesota Minnesota has nothing without Cat and giving yeah. up that many points is ridiculous. Yeah, one seventeen. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Anthony Edwards' rough start to his career. He's missing everything. I, at, at least, I mean, at least he's leading. The, he's I, leading all rookies in points. Oh, that that, that that's weird to hear because whenever I turn on a Minnesota game, he is bricking every single shot. I mean, his efficiency. Is not very good. He's shooting 38% from the field, 27% from three, and 76% from the line. He is still leading all rookies in points. He, as I think we sort of talked about, his adjustment to the game is not the best. He has a lot of tools. He, uh, there are flashes where he really has the bounce and just body control of a really elite offensive player. But there was, um, oh, I forget who they were playing. Um, but it was a crunch time situation and they were down by one and he just sort of dribbled the ball over time. Like the last couple seconds, he just sort of dribbled the ball into the middle and accidentally threw it away and the game was lost. And it's just, it's just mistakes you make. Like he, he's a rookie. Um, all, all of these rookies have a lot of, um, have a lot of catching up to do. And I, uh, some have really impressed. He has been solid, but he, he definitely needs to improve and get better. But the whole, the whole Minnesota team is not that good. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of rookies, I think, at least from what I've seen, the clear rookie of the year favorite, other than Peyton Pritchard, who I cannot look at and, and unbiased through through unbiased eyes, is LaMelo Ball, who had that youngest triple-double ever. He, he's a big reason why the Hornets are, uh, I, think they're, I think they're above 500 now after, well, no, they lost yesterday to the Dallas, so now they're back. But uh, Hayward, Rozier has, has been putting up numbers. I don't know how well he's playing, but. Uh, and then Ball has been really good for them too. So Charlotte's a fun team. Oh, Charlotte's super fun. Actually, before we got on this, I was just watching, rewatching the Mavericks uh, Hornets game from last night. Um, Porzingis is finally back, but Lomelo has been really fun. They're gonna have to start starting him over um, Devonte Graham soon. But I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but he might not be the rookie of the year. Like I think he will win the Rookie of the Year, but I don't know if he deserves it. I think Tyrese Halliburton might, might deserve the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He's been really good. Yeah, the Kings are another team, West Coast, that I just they, – whenever I go to bed, they, they, they're they playing, so I just can't see him. But I want to because, I mean, Harrison Barnes and Darren Fox are carrying my fantasy team right now, so I, I want to see them. But like, instead of watching their games, I'm just waking up and seeing, like, their, their 65 points tonight in the, in the, in the ledger. But 
No, Tyrese Halliburton has been very impressive. Um, I mean, his effective field goal percentage is 68%, which is absurd. Um, obviously, he's not averaging the near triple-double like Lamelo Ball is. And his team may not be winning as much, but he, he also hasn't played as much. He's, But he has been a very effective player, and he's played really good defense. He, he just looks like an NBA player already which is wild to me because of how how much of a disadvantage these rookies have. And I think that's uh, he could be like a multi-time all-star for sure. Yeah, and I remember watching him at Iowa State two years ago because they, they were really good that year, and they and they were they one of my favorite teams to watch in college. But then last year, Iowa State was horrible. Like, he, like I, when I saw him getting all this draft buzz, I was like – yeah, but how – I mean, it is weird because in college, like like Markel Fultz was on a team that went like 8-24 and 24 in a season. Ben Simmons went like 16-50 and 50 in LSU. But I don't know. It was just weird to see that good of a player be on that mediocre of a team. But um, he's been great for the Kings so far. So is there anything else, you guys, um, that's caught your eye outside of these rookies and obviously um, those couple teams? Yeah, actually, if we want to talk just briefly about all the postponements and yeah. the COVID-19 protocol. Uh, I, I, have my, I, I have my poem on that, if, if you want me to start with reading it. Go for it. I was not able to do this at the beginning like I, like I would have preferred, but I mean, better late than never. So here, here, here it goes. <clears throat> COVID, COVID, go away and come again some other day or century. The NBA season is supposed to be a time of joy but instead, you're ruining it, so I have no choice. COVID, I hope you go bankrupt and drown in a bath. No one interrupts the Celtic season without facing my wrath. F.U. COVID. The Celtic season was so awesome, and now they haven't played in a week, and it feels like a year. I just want them to come back I know. Already. I felt like I haven't seen the Celtics play in so long. Hopefully Friday. Hopefully tomorrow. There are like three games postponed every single day at this point. The league needs to do something. I'm sorry, but I just take a two week break and just pause the games at this point. How how are they going to reschedule all of these? Is what I want to know. Well, they have. I think All Star break they could use because there is. I think there is a built in break there, even though there's no events or game. And then they're going to have to like add on to the end of the regular season or just because they still haven't released that second half schedule yet. Mm-hmm. So just like give the Celtics like a couple more back to backs than, than they usually would have had, I guess, which is which is tough to have. But it's, it's got they got to do it somehow or or they could just never play the games and go by winning percentage. But I think that'd be a last resort. And I'm sorry, but like there needs to be more consequences. There have been players who have who have broken quarantine or just gone or broken the guidelines, obviously, and have just not gotten consequences. James Harden, did he ever get um, suspended slash fined? I don't remember. Kyrie, it, we we've seen him at a birthday party with loads of other people. If he doesn't get fined or suspended or whatever, then that sets an awful precedent. Like there needs to be this needs to be taken more seriously by players around the league. Yeah, and you know, and just started? the teams in general. My my issue with this is that Adam Silver's like, oh, the the league's not going to punish them. The teams should do it instead. They should do it. Not they have to do he's it. They to be should a do it again. Yeah, I mean, I get that a lot of what he's accomplished is because he's had a pretty amiable relationship with players. But at a certain point, like the foot needs to come down and say, like, you cannot mess around. That the like there just there could not be this many 
infections and people needing to go into quarantine if people were really following it that strictly and were really that concerned. So now you have, and then their best solution to this is to come up with these stupid rules like, oh, like don't tap hands after you shoot a free throw. You know, not like you've been guarding each other the You're entire game and touching the, the same ball. Time. Yeah. I will th- say to that though, it doesn't make sense to try to do whatever you can other than, because the game is still going to happen no matter what. So you can't do anything in game. But in terms of outside of the game, I do get why they're putting in those rules. Like it is stupid to put to say that and then have them go out there and play. But unless you're asking for them to cancel the like pause the season, which I guess you guys are doing, but I still think like the money factor, the NBA or any league, any pro sports league is not gonna it's not gonna just just like lose two weeks of TV ratings. Yeah, that. I don't yeah, I don't expect I them to post to to just take a break for two weeks, even if that it would be but the most should. appropriate step. Like they're not going to. Yeah, Especially now like, that other sports are on TV, they're not going to want to lose that competition. In a, in a perfect world, no sports would be happening during this whole time, but the bottom line it just defeats all other motivations. So it just stinks that that's the, that's the system, but I guess that's the way it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's annoying. Yeah. Follow the money. I, I don't know what else to say about it. I really hope that um, just the league – does better and hopefully this new uh these new policies help mm-hmm. just hope hopefully this goes away as quick as possible like it like it did eventually with all the nfl with the ravens and the, and the titans early in the season and mlb with the marlins and then college ba- college basketball every, every night you go on the scoreboard and there's like eight games canceled it's crazy but just this is the way it is it's it's kind of it's kind of it's not it, it almost just isn't surprising or even like you can't even get mad at it anymore because it's just the same thing over and over again but yep nba is dealing with it now so just gotta just hope hope it goes away as quick as possible you know fingers crossed all right i think that wraps up our uh our episode uh, this episode of uh, coast to coast and uh we'll uh come back at some point next week with uh when new content happens